You are listening to the Champaign Park District Podcast. Parks on Demand! Hello and welcome to the Parks on Demand Podcast, presented by Champaign Park District. Here you'll find great information like history on the parks and facilities, updates on projects, tips to stay active and healthy, and more. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes so you can explore Champaign Parks with us. On today's episode, we start a new series called 1,000 Hours Outside, where we're going to give you some activities and ideas to explore Champaign Parks. I'm also going to share some information on our newest virtual art exhibit. It just debuted on our website, and we have some interview clips with artists where they explain their process and motivations. And then finally, we'll share some updates on some programming and events. Stay tuned. All right, so Champaign Park District's 1,000 Hours Outside Challenge Whew, that sounds like a lot of hours, doesn't it? We are challenging you to spend 1,000 hours outside in the year of 2021. So, hey, you still have plenty of time left. And, you know, a half hour here and a half hour there really does begin to add up. And we know in those spring and summer months, it's going to be easy to get out of the house and enjoy the parks and enjoy some green space. Now, right now, it doesn't feel so easy, and I totally get that. So I thought it would be a good idea to share some tips on ways that we can better enjoy the the small periods of time that we can outside in this super cold weather of February. Um, Firstly, I would encourage you to take in some history when you spend your time outside, and you can do that at a number of different park district sites. Westside Park, for example, is our oldest park, and you can take a cruise around and see the historic pavilion at Westside Park and even walk a block over and see the historic Virginia Theater built in 1921. If you're doing that math, yes, this is the 100th year of the Virginia Theater. So we're going to have some big celebrations starting in the fall season. So stay tuned for those announcements. But anyway, all it takes is 15 minutes to get out to Westside Park and take a roll or a stroll through the park, kind of take in some of the that history, the old trees, and, and really picture what did it used to look like. Like I said, also cruise on over to the Virginia Theater. And before you know it, you've explored your own city that much more and taken in some fresh air and some green space. As we discuss history and green spaces and the great outdoors, I was doing a little browsing online. I found this great link to the National Park site where they are celebrating Black History Month by listing 10 national parks that honor Black history. I have the link in our um, show description, so you can click that and look at it. It includes sites like the Selma to Montgomery National Historic Trail, the Harriet Tubman National Historic Park, the Nicodemus National Historic Site, and, and so much more, including Martin Luther King Jr. National Historic Park. So I thought I would spend a little time sharing some information with you on that particular park because who knows, maybe in the future you'd like to travel over and spend some of, you know, some of your thousand hours outside this year, spend it at some of these sites that honor black history. Martin Luther King Jr. National Historic Park is located in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, it's pretty neat to see uh, a historic site maintained by the National Park Service. I think a lot of us think of um, parks as, like I said, those kind of open green spaces, but there are actually quite a few parks that contain 
historical monuments and buildings and places that bring so much cultural value that they need to be protected in this way. So I think it's really cool that the National Park Service has taken on these sites in Atlanta, Georgia, honoring Martin Luther King Jr. This site covers approximately 35 acres and includes several buildings in Atlanta, Georgia, related to the life and work of Martin Luther King Jr., this includes his uh, childhood home, in fact, the home he was born in, his church, and many other buildings that bring great historic value to the area and to our entire country. The King Birth Home is pretty incredible. It was built in 1895, uh, always in the King family. And like I mentioned, Martin Luther King Jr. was born in this home, born and raised in this home where they lived until 1941. Um, and then it was converted to a two-family dwelling and more family moved in. I think it's pretty phenomenal that this could be preserved in such a way. So the Martin Luther King Jr. birth home is a part of the historic park honoring Martin Luther King Jr. And another important piece of the Martin Luther King Jr. historical park is the International Civil Rights Walk of Fame. The Walk of Fame was created in 2004 and honors some of the key players in the civil rights movement. This walk uh, along the promenade includes footsteps marked in granite and bronze. I think it's a truly impactful way to soak up our nation's history, to take a moment to reflect on the sacrifice that was made. Um, and once again, we're talking about this historical site where you can see so much of our nation's history all in one place, preserved by the National Park Service um, in the great outdoors. So I think this sounds like a really neat place to visit, you know, if you can get out soon and, and check it out. Otherwise, there is a lot of great information on the National Park Service website, so you can almost get a virtual tour and read a lot of really great information on this historical park. As I mentioned, we're going to include links in the show notes um, to all of these things I've been discussing, the Top 10 um, National Parks Honoring Black History, that's a National Park Service link. The Martin Luther King Jr. Historical Park, um, a link to more information on that. And I'm also including a link on a National Park Service film called 20 and Odd. This is a film commemorating 400 years of African American history, and it's definitely worth a view. It's a really moving and impactful film. Um, so I think it'd be really great for you to check that out as we discuss uh Black History Month and the National Park Service and green space in general and all that has um, been brought to our community and our nation through black history. If the average kiddo can spend 1,200 hours of screen time every year, we surely can spend more time outside. Reconnect with nature in 2021 by joining our 1,000-hour outdoor challenge. It's going to be a grand time. Visit ChampagneParks.org to download the challenge coloring sheet to track your progress and get ideas on what to do during your 1,000 hours outdoors. Champagne Park District is really excited to debut another, a new virtual art exhibit. This one is called Geographic Connections, and it is running February 11th through March 18th on our website, ChampagneParks.com. You can watch an entire walkthrough of the art, which has been put on display at Springer Cultural Center. You can view it on your computer and also watch two artist interviews from the two artists that are being highlighted through this exhibit, Matthew Thornton and Jihee Lee. Both of them have very unique styles and really interesting stories about what motivates them. And this 
exhibit is called Geographic Connections for a Reason. So next, I'm having a co- I'll have a couple interviews for you to hear about why it is that we call this Geographic Connections. Welcome to Geographical Connections, another virtual exhibition here at Springer Cultural Center in downtown Champaign. This exhibit features the work of two local artists, Jihi Lee and Matthew Thornton. Jihi received her BFA in painting from the University of Illinois, and her work is about her experience of living in a foreign country and finding ways to transmit feelings of otherness, longing, nostalgia, and the pleasures and struggles that go along with that. Matthew Thornton is working on a degree in art education at ISU in Bloomington, and his work um, reflects his recent explorations into abstract painting, but also is influenced by places. He's lived many, um, in many states in the U.S., uh, Louisiana, Washington, Wyoming, Illinois, etc. Um, he says, my body and mind react differently to my geographical location. The open spaces of Wyoming offer differ, um, differ greatly to the open spaces of Illinois. The cities and the rural places, the mountains and the Great Plains, the water in the oceans and swamps of this country have all influenced me and my art. So please enjoy the artist talks and thank you for taking the time to view the exhibit. My name is uh, Matthew Job Thornton and I am originally from Wyoming and I moved to uh, Urbana about two years ago, three years ago. And uh, I've been going to ISU. I'm an uh, art education major at ISU. I grew up in Wyoming and so it's like vast. I grew up in the desert portion of Wyoming, not the really cool like part that everybody goes to vacation. I grew up in the southern like desert part of Wyoming, which is it's vast expanses of long, you can see for miles and miles. And then I moved to Colorado and I've lived in Washington State and Minneapolis and I went to uh, Louisiana for a while and now here. And there's, I just always have felt like once you get into these places, you, it, start, it starts to actually affect what you see, what you feel as a human being in these places. So when you're like, as opposed to when you're standing in the desert in Wyoming, there's a really sense of feeling like alone and by yourself and there's no one else around and for miles and miles and there really isn't. And then versus you're standing in the swamps in Louisiana, there's no one else around for miles and miles, but you can't see anything. You're just really closed in. So there's not that, you don't have that feeling. So there's a lot of that compared to like, I think of that feeling the same as like when you're standing in the city, when there's a bunch of buildings and you can't see anything versus when you're standing outside in a cornfield when the corn is high and you can't see anything and it's really kind of closed you in versus when they cut the corn and it's down. And I really, living here, I like that kind of ebb and flow of like the corn going up and you can't really see anything. You feel closed in, you feel by yourself. Then it goes down and you can see like, oh, there's a farm right over there or there's a thing over there. So like that all kind of experience, like I, that kind of, molds my experience in the world and I think that comes through in some of my paintings. The thing I enjoy most about it is just the act of doing it. Like that's where I think that's where I'm the most like that's where I feel the most like fulfilled as a as a person. So like as a person if I'm like in the act of creating something like that's when I feel like man I'm this is it I'm doing it. You know like and I think there's a lot of things you know, as being a musician for so long, when I was a musician, I, there was a lot of things that like, you write a song and you're, you're in a feeling when you write the song or 
you paint a painting and you're, you feel a certain way when you're painting it. But once you like record the song or once you paint the painting, then it no longer belongs to, it's no longer my feeling anymore. It belongs to the person who's looking at it. So, or who's listening to the song. And then they, they listen to the song or they listen to the, they look at the painting and they, they can put onto it their life. Uh, my name is Jihee Lee. I'm interested in visualizing universal feelings that people feel while living in a foreign country, such as otherness, longing, nostalgia, pleasure, and struggles. I express how my thoughts are weaved with various sensory information and emotions by using various media. I don't have a background in embroidery work. I use thread as a metaphor for memories. Although a thread may look like a single string, if we look closer, we can see that the thread consists of entanglement of multiple threads. The entangling of threads shows how my memories are created through the interwining of each family member's experiences. I feel that untangling this thread is the key to recall my cherished memories I created with my family. I don't sew threads like embroidery work, rather I glue them to the surface of media. This represents how my memories back home can sometimes inhibit me from fully integrating into a new society, such as a foreign country. Also, I was fascinated by the various and beautiful thread colors. My larger purchases are about longing for my family caused by geographical distance. More specifically, Memory Injection 2 shows the moment of observing memories into my body because I thought that's the best way to keep my memories clear. It shows my willingness not to get disconnected with my family. The torn fabrics and cuts show my struggles living far away from my family. In Memory Injection 3, I focused on distance. Even with my efforts to stay connected, I'm conceding to the fact that physical distance creates emotional distance. Styrofoam in my work is a metaphor of my body and soul. When used as insulator, styrofoam are placed beneath the surface. They are usually not supposed to be seen. So it shows how deep my inner wounds are. It doesn't matter if I cut into styrofoam too much. It doesn't need to be neat or perfect because it shows my wounded body and soul, which can't be neat. So I use a projector to transfer the image on canvas, like some I use projector for some paintings, but not all of, uh, all of them. Wayne Thiebaud, uh, his thick paint, application, and color palette fascinated me. I spent a lot of time mixing colors, and I get inspired by his use of colors. And another artist is Melissa Pokorny. She was my professor when I studied at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. She helped me to step outside my comfort zone and experiment with various applications and materials. I enjoy every step of creating. I enjoy recalling memories by searching images for painting. I enjoy mixing colors. I enjoy experimenting with new materials. By creating art, I narrow the emotional gap between me and my family, and through that process, I'm comforted. Isn't it so neat to see how uh, two similar experiences can 
uh, inspire and motivate artists in, in such different ways. Uh, I really loved hearing from Matthew and Jihee, and I hope that you can visit our website, champagneparks.com, to watch the exhibit and see their art. Um, I promise you it is, is so moving and so uh, just unique and different. Need a place for the family to get your wiggles out? Douglas Community Center and Leonard Recreation Center have you covered with family gym reservations. Visit champagneparks.org for rental information to find out how your family can stay active this winter spring. Now, I know it's easy to think of Champaign Park District as being a summer type of organization, but hey, we're here to remind you that we are here for every member of our community with great programs and offerings throughout the entire year. So I want to challenge you today to take five minutes to pop over to champagneparks.com or download our app and check out our program guide. In the program guide, we currently have the winter and spring program guide up on the website right now, and it has awesome programs running through the end of May, and then we'll have the summer guide up next. So hey, get excited for that. But the winter and spring edition highlights a lot of awesome programs, including cultural arts programming like pottery and drawing classes, painting classes for youth and adults. We also have youth and youth and adult sports opening up soon. So we're really excited for that, like softball and soccer. So be sure to check it out and make sure to check those registration deadlines too, because you don't want to miss your chance to get involved, to stay active and to have some fun this spring. Now, I cannot end this episode without making note of National Canned Food Month. Um, we have decided to offer a canned food drive to celebrate National Canned Food Month in February. We are hosting a canned food drive all month long. All proceeds will be donated to Eastern Illinois Food Bank. So we're really excited to partner with them and be able to benefit our community in this way. If you check out the Virtual Fund Facebook page, that's Champagne Park District Virtual Fund Facebook event page, there's a lot of information in there on how you can also support this cause. Uh, to keep it simple, we are going to allow people to drop off donations at Hessel Park Pavilion or at Leonard Recreation Center during the open hours um, beginning on February 1st. So if you have any questions about food donations or you're wondering what the best options or items are to donate, definitely check out Eastern Illinois Food Bank's Super 6 item list. So if you visit eifoodbank.org, you can find a lot of information on what they're looking for in particular and, and what makes the biggest impact right here in our community. I'd like to thank you again for tuning in today, for subscribing to our podcast and learning a little bit more about what Champaign Park District does and has, has to offer. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week and we will see you next time. Get out there and explore Champaign Parks today.